Hello there, this is Evangelist Timothy Gruber coming to you yet again for another edition of the Word of the King. We're back here in York County, Pennsylvania, while this is being recorded. Again, this is another edition of the Word of the King. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, where the word of a king is, there is power who may say unto him, What doest thou? Today in the Word of the King, we are going to be discussing the Islamic smokescreen, understanding the religious, political, and social agenda of President Barack Obama. I'd like to now have a word of prayer here before we open up with this message. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I come to you, dear Lord God, and I pray, dear God, for a right spirit, Lord God, to bring forth this message, Lord God, on the Islamic smokescreen, understanding the religious, political, social agenda of President Barack Obama. And Lord, lest I be a hypocrite, I would lead all who are praying and agreeing with me in this prayer. As they hear this edition of the Word of the King, I would pray in obedience to the command given in 1 Timothy chapter 2 to lift up those who are in authority. And we do pray for President Barack Obama. Pray for Vice President Joe Biden. We pray for Eric Holder and those who are holding seats in the Senate, as well as the Congress. And I think of... Uh, Corbett, Tom Corbett, the uh, governor of Pennsylvania, and I think of those in the Supreme Court, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would cause them, dear God, to walk in the fear of you, the Most High God, and we pray, dear God, that you would grant souls within their ranks repentance to acknowledge the truth. We know not many might you're chosen, according to 1 Corinthians. Nevertheless, Lord God, we pray for mercy, dear God, for mercy rejoices against judgment when it comes to our leaders. And Lord God, we pray that through this message on the Islamic smokescreen, understand the religious, political, and social agenda of President Barack Obama, you would give souls an understanding of you, God, just who we have in the White House and the spiritual implications of the spiritual uh, results, dear Lord God, of such a man being exalted in our day as President of these United States of America. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray these things and give thanks. Amen. Now, having officially prayed for the man, I'd like to address this matter of the Islamic smokescreen, understanding the religious, political, social agenda of President Barack Obama. To start off, I would open up my King James Bible. I would read from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It is written, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27, Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image. In the likeness of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Just last month, the Supreme Court officially struck down the Defense of Marriage Act, declaring it to be unconstitutional, uh, not any longer limiting the definition of marriage from a government perspective as being between a man and a woman. Now, President Barack Obama, on one or two occasions I heard individuals on the news within the ranks of the news media especially on Fox News, because really Fox News is the only one I ever listened to at all, refer to President Barack Obama as evolving, because one moment he's defending the Defense of Marriage Act, and then the next moment he was opposing it in favor of gay marriage. Is this guy just talking out two sides of his mouth, or does this guy mean what he's saying? Well, the answer to that question, my friend, is actually both. Yes, he is talking out both sides of his mouth, and yes, he means exactly what he's saying. And in order for that to make sense to you, you have to understand that Barack Obama is, indeed, 
The Muslim, if you have any doubts about that, I want you to stop and I want you to consider something. Let me educate those of you who don't know something about the religion of Islam. Muhammad, ultimately in the end, he was all about conquering by way of the physical sword. And the religion of Islam is all about conquering humanity and this place called planet Earth for the one they call Allah. Keep in mind that there have been more Islamic mullahs, imams, whatever you want to call them, but more Islamic leaders have visited the White House in Washington, D.C. under Barack Obama's administration than any other in the faith that ever existed. I don't know if, you know, with the exception of Yasser Arafat, and he wasn't even considered a mullah or a, an imam, but in terms of, aside from Yasser Arafat, I don't know of too many self-professed Muslims that ever really visited the White House and made much public attention, but now you're always hearing about these mullahs and imams and these Islamic leaders visiting the White House every so often under Mr. Obama's uh, administration. Again, I repeat, Barack Obama is a Muslim. And if he was ultimately going to say what he means in his heart, you see, when Barack Obama says, or did at one time say, you know, hey, I defend marriage between a man and a woman, I defend the Defense of Marriage Act, what Obama was really declaring was in his heart, though he wasn't going to come out and say this because he doesn't want to give this away, what he was really saying in his heart was, was he defends marriage between a man and a woman when it comes to those within the Islamic community. Then when he would come out and when he would defy or oppose the Defense of Marriage Act, as he did, and uphold gay, or quote-unquote quote gay homosexual marriage, what he was ultimately saying in his heart, though he was not going to say this openly because he doesn't want to give this much away, what he was saying in his heart was, was he supports, quote-unquote, gay homosexual marriage, especially between non-Muslims. And the reason why, my friend, is not hard to understand if you understand the whole concept of Islam and the and its whole purpose of conquering humanity and planet Earth for the one they call Allah, it's like this. It's estimated that for every Muslim couple, keep in mind uh, that according to the Quran, and I don't have the Quran open in front of me, I don't have the citations right here, but we're, we're going to do another message on Islam, sodomy, homosexuality, abortion, how they're the deadly trio to the United States of America. And that message, Lord willing, I will get into some quotes from the Islamic so-called holy book they call the Quran. But anyways, the fact is, in Islam, polygamy or having more than one wife is justified. And for every Muslim couple, it's estimated they bear, I think the estimates are anywhere from five to nine children. It's very rarely that you find a Muslim couple bearing less than maybe four children. It's very rare that you find that. But the fact is, God, he gave a command you read down through here, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, verse 28, Genesis chapter 1. That's blessed them, as God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that creepeth, or that moveth, excuse me, upon the earth. So, again, every Islamic couple, they estimate, bears, or, or procreates, and produces six to nine children, which are ultimately raised in the Muslim faith. So you might as well say six to nine Muslims, estimate, are the result of every Islamic marriage between a man and a woman. And then when you figure into that, in some cases, an extra wife or two, if you take, you do the math three times that, you're looking anywhere from 18 to 27. Now, when homosexuals, sodomites as God calls them, when they 
try to do their thing that God calls abomination. God says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is abomination. In Romans chapter 1, God explicitly refers to them, the women, leave, the women leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lust one toward another, calls being given, given them over to vile affections. When two sodomites, homosexuals, be they male or female, seek to do their thing, they are ultimately not able to reproduce. So ultimately, the more homosexuals, the more sodomites, the more, the more vile lesbians, the more vile, vile homosexuals he's able to uh, bring about, you know, through his you know, gay marriage, quote-unquote, campaign. He's taken everywhere, even when he was in Africa recently. He was talking about, you know, defending, you know, uh, human rights against those who are extremists, in so many words. And sure enough, as soon as I heard them say that, lo and behold, they came on and said gay, quote-unquote, marriage was a part of the issue. The last time I heard, a lot of the, the Africans, they don't want nothing to do with it, including their leaders. But anyways, as more and more individuals within the United States of America are given over to this thing of homosexuality, that's less children that are being ultimately procreated by non-Muslims. Non you say, well, what's the big deal? What's the point? My point is simply this. In the way Barack Obama's doing this thing, you got to actually, in the end, you got anywhere from three to four times more Muslims being produced through Islamic unions between a man and a woman than you do non-Muslims, man and woman. It was estimated, I heard a statistic not long ago, that it's estimated that, that non-Muslims, or just, you know, average Americans who have no connection with Islam whatsoever, on average, they're bearing, I think, just one and a half to two uh, children per family on average. When you take all the kids and you divide them, it comes out to a rate of like one and a half to two children per family. And that's like three to four times less children per family than, than what most of these Muslim families are producing. You see, it's a, it's a political way, you know, for Barack Obama to, de, to defend marriage between a man and a woman one moment and then turn against it the next in defense of gay marriage. It's really a subtle way of, of using politics and using sexual perversion, if you know what I mean, if you get my drift, to promote the Islamic concept of the divide and conquer your enemy. You know, why is Barack Obama so much in support of abortion? It is written, Thou shalt not kill. It is written in Proverbs 6, God hates the hands, hands of them that shed innocent blood. Psalm 15 condemns those who take a reward against the innocent. That's all abortion is. A bunch of greedy, bloodthirsty suckers who take reward, take money against the innocent. The psalmist declared that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. So, why does Barack Obama support abortion? You figure... The Muslims aren't the ones who are running to Planned Parenthood, getting their babies aborted. No. Oh, but how many non-Muslims are running to Planned Parenthood and getting their babies aborted? Hey, those are less warriors against Allah. Those are less individuals for the warriors of Allah to destroy in the end. Again, it's a very, very subtle way of promoting politically and morally the whole Islamic concept of conquering your enemies. For every baby that's aborted, 
this country for, by, at the hands of someone who's a non-Muslim taking them to that abortionist? That's one less soul for them to conquer for Allah. I hope you're listening, and I hope you're listening good for those of you who are listening. Slowly but surely, are the politics, is the social agenda, President Barack Obama, making any more sense to you? I hope it is. Now, he's not evolving, folks. The guy is a Muslim. And he's using his position in the White House to slowly but surely promote sinful agendas that ultimately play into the hands of Islamic philosophy and Islamic jihad. Really, what it is, what Obama's doing, in a sense, if you think about it, it's a form of political, social, and moral jihad is what it is. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a help meet for him. Jump down, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Verse 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her under the man. Verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Verse 25. They were both made naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, if any of you homosexuals out there are listening, did you ever take notice how the Muslims, all the Islamic mullahs and imams, all the high-up Muslims in this country with their mosque and everything, they weren't uh, in any way, shape, or form coming out and and roaring, as it were, against Barack Obama when he stood up against the Defense of Marriage Act and the marriage between a man and a woman? No. And ultimately, none of them are standing up against you right now and all your... Hey, when you got there, when you have your quote-unquote gay pride parades, tell me, how many uh, Muslims are out there? I know, I know, you got to be concerned about some born-again Christians out there a lot with their Bibles and whatnot out there preaching against what you're doing and trying to point you to the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. But why are any of the Muslims out there? Now, you may be crazy enough to actually think it's because they have some greater tolerance for what you're doing than us born-again Christians, but you're wrong. The reason why they're not out there is because they know that in the end, your agenda, homosexual, lesbian, is playing right into their hands. Why aren't any of the Muslims out at the abortion clinics? Any of you who are close friends of Planned Parenthood. I know you may have, you may end up seeing some born again Christians out there showing you all them bloody signs, showing you the reality of what you're really giving place to when you take, when people take their babies to be aborted there at that Planned Parenthood. Why aren't any Muslims out there? You really think it's because they don't got a problem with what you're doing? There are some out more tolerant. Well, in the end, they don't really have a problem with what you're doing, because as long as you're not killing any Arab or Islamic offspring, quote-unquote, any of the physical descendants of Ishmael, which is, which is who is the father of the Arab race, mostly of whom are Islamic, hey, they don't got a problem with it. You abortionists, you lovers of Planned Parenthood, you feminists, they don't got a problem with it. You're playing right into their hands. Again, this is serious, serious stuff we're talking about today here in the Word of the King, the Islamic smokescreen. Understand the religious, political, social agenda of President Barack Obama. This is over halfway point here in the Word of the King. Now, I'd just like to play this song here. Hey.
Islam, it will fail you. It's another self-righteous religion whose father is none other than the devil. All the religions of this world tell you your good deeds are somehow going to outweigh your bad deeds and you'll get into heaven, but if they don't, you're going to go to hell and you can't know anything about God on the inside of you in this life. They're all lies of the devil. But there's one whose love cannot fail, and that someone is the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is his love cannot fail. none other like Jesus. No, not one. No, not front. One. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Charles Wesley, he wrote, 
at him amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? And indeed, up from the grave, he, Jesus Christ, arose, mighty triumph over his foes, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. As it is written, he that believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, as we repent towards God through faith in Jesus Christ, that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. It is written in Genesis 16, speaking of Ishmael, father of the Arab race, mostly of whom are Muslim. Verse 11 of Genesis 16, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, speaking of her being Hagar, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Verse 12, Genesis 16, speaking of Ishmael and his descendants, He will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Think about that. He will be a wild man, and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. Think about Islam, Jihad, think about all the wars that are taking place in those areas that have taken place throughout history, or taking place today, and will take place throughout history, where those descendants of Ishmael, as wild men, whose hands are against every man, and every man's hand against him, are dwelling. It's Genesis 16, verses 11 and 12. It is written in the King James Holy Bible. Now, continuing on here in the Word of the King, slowly winding down. What's your answer for sin? And we can talk all day about President Barack Obama and, and what a curse he's been to this nation. And no doubt, Barack Obama, the Muslim, I believe has no doubt been sent by God as judgment on the United States of America for the United States of America having turned its back on him, his word. And the recent vote, the Supreme Court do away with the Defensive Marriage Act declared unconstitutional, paving the way for more of Sodom's tyranny and for the days of Lot to even more start to unfold. I don't believe we're necessarily living totally in the days of Lot yet, but the foundation has definitely been set. President Barack Obama and his administration with what they're doing, trying to promote this abomination of sodomy, homosexuality worldwide, they could be defined as the forerunners, so to speak, for the days of Lot. Jesus said as it was in the days of Lot, so also would it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For they were eating, they were drinking, they were given in marriage. Until the fire came, so Jesus said, fire and brimstone fell from heaven and destroyed them all. It is written in St. Luke's Gospel. What is your solution for sin? Where God says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. We know that God gave the command to Adam and Eve. The command, thou shalt not partake of the forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the serpent, we know, beguiled Eve. And even as Eve was tempted of the serpent, Eve then tempted Adam. And they fell. It's written, Wherefore is by one man, in the book of Romans, chapter 5, Wherefore is by one man, speaking of Adam, sin entered into the world of death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. By one man's disobedience, we're told many were made sinners. It is written, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus said, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, as he wrote, Inspired of the Holy Ghost of God, Said, for sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. The word of God says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. 
Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Honor thy father and thy mother. Surely there was a time your mom and dad told you to do something that was in your best interest and you didn't obey. And you reap the consequences. God says, be not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall we also reap. God is not mocked. This is also written, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, be it the God of Muhammad, that one called Law. You better not have him before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, be it Buddha. You better not have Buddha before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You better not have Confucius, Krishna, or any other gods of the Hindu world, or Mary, or the Pope. Your God is what you look to for peace and security in this life and in the life to come. If you're looking at anyone other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who was manifest in the flesh, is the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, as it is written in St. John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're looking to anyone other than him, you have another God. If you're looking to anything like cash or money, you have another God. You are an idolater. And you must be born again. We're told but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. It is written in Genesis 3.15. God declared to the serpent, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Some have called this John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Jesus came down, the seed of the woman, and even as the serpent's seed, the serpent bruised Jesus' heel, when he was crucified, nailed to that cross, the sins of the world, so Jesus, he bruised the serpent's head, and ultimately, we have victory as the seed of Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman, through him, through faith in him alone. Where is your faith tonight? And indeed, for those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in him alone, for their redemption from sin, through faith in his blood alone, they... We'll have Satan bruised under their feet shortly, we're told in the book of Romans. It is written, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, which any man should boast. Verse 18 of Genesis 3. It is written, Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Thorns, product of the curse. It's another reason why Jesus Christ wore a crown of thorns, for he suffered the curse of sin on Calvary. And Calvary's cross, for it is written, God hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It is written, verse 20 of Genesis 3, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Verse 21, And unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. If you recall, right after Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, and their eyes were opened, and they saw their nakedness and were ashamed, and they tried to hide from God. What was their effort? What was their reaction? They tried to sow fig leaves. It's a picture of self-righteous religion. A man trying to cover his nakedness spiritually through some other way than being clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which comes by faith. And that righteousness, which comes by faith of Jesus Christ and him alone, requires the shedding of blood. Hence, God made them coats of skins and clothed them. We're told without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. You can bet there was some blood shed when those coats of skins were provided for clothing for Adam and Eve. And for you to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, there had to be shedding of blood. It is written, Come unto Jesus. I knew him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. It's written, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, And how God hath made him to be kings, 
made us, excuse me, to be kings and priests unto the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So, repent ye and believe the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Truly be sorry for your sin against God. Call upon him today. This has been the word of the king. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. God bless you and yours.